every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. And I'm Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, we've got kind of a, you know, we're right here in the middle of the Rio 2016 Olympics. And so we've got kind of a Olympic edition of the podcast <laughs> today. Uh, you were just telling me that you're watching some oh. of the events. Oh, yeah. My family, we love watching the Olympics. We, in fact, opening, you know, opening ceremonies. My daughter made torches, you know, for all the kids and there were ice cream cones that she filled with Cheetos. Oh, and the Cheetos were the flames. And she Isn't made, uh, she made uh, gold medals with cookies and fruit by the foot. And she, you know, and she made a different themed candies and things like that for the Olympic rings. And yeah, so we, we get into it. We love it. And we, we always great? enjoy watching. Yeah. Isn't that great? It looks like I'll know where to come for opening ceremony. Yeah, next time. Next time. <laughs> so, well, Ken, you know, since we are, uh, yeah, we're right in the middle of the uh, the Rio Olympics, and I thought it would be kind of fun to do a, you know, we've had these uh, Made for Missions country profile episodes, and so I thought we'd do one on Brazil. And actually, Ken, the, as I've done the research about kind of what God's doing in Brazil, and it's mostly kind of a good news story. I mean, God has really been at work you know, most of Brazilians have been reached, at least with the gospel. They've, they've had an opportunity. And, you know, so we'll, we'll get into some of that. But it's, it's mostly a good story. There is some opportunities for missionaries and missions organizations in Brazil. And so we'll get into that, too. But, yeah, how does that sound to you? Good? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, you know, we always start with kind of the brief history. And I thought, you know, it'd be fun to to talk a little bit kind of about the what is Brazil, right? Because there actually is some things that I didn't even realize about Brazil as I did some reading and research about it. It is actually the fifth largest country in the world, which I didn't realize it, but, you know, covers over half of the landmass of South America. And so it's a people, a composite of immigrants from all over the globe, as well as the surviving indigenous tribes are numerous numerous enough to play sixth in the world in population so it's a you know it's a big place it's a place yeah. that both in land and in uh, size and population you know they have the eighth largest economy in the world and as we're learning in the olympics coverage you know the official language is portuguese and so i thought that was interesting i don't know if you noticed on the opening ceremonies but the countries came out in order in alphabetical order in Portuguese. Yeah, I did notice yeah, that. Yeah, so it was like, actually, the United States was Estados Unidos, which is an E. So we were actually fairly early on and not at the end like we would normally be. So that was kind of interesting. 
And so, yeah, so Brazil's a place that, you know, kind of throughout its early history had just some indigenous tribes. Their history goes back thousands of years. First Europeans, of course, were the Portuguese in 1500. And so there's a period in Brazilian history where you go from the first contact to it becoming a colony of Portugal. And then in 1822, it achieved independence from Portugal. And so there's a long history about kind of the government systems. It was a kind of a peaceful democracy for kind of those early years. It then became in the early 1900s a military regime. And in 1985, that military regime peacefully ceded power to civilian rulers. And so, I mean, it seems like a, a really interesting place to visit, isn't it? Yeah, no no question. I think especially because we know that, you know, before they've become a fairly sophisticated culture now, mm-hmm. right? But right. there were these indigenous tribes, still are some. But That's right. I think that as we hear about, and I know you'll talk about the, maybe the lack of the recorded history of missions. I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit, but but we know that at least throughout South America, missionaries have traveled into these indigenous tribes in various parts of the continent. Yeah. And certainly Brazil would be one of those areas on the outskirts of Brazil. But you were saying you couldn't really find a lot of recorded history of missions there. Yeah, that's right. Of course, that's a part of what we want to do on the podcast is give kind of a history of missions. And yeah, there wasn't a lot of a lot of history. So I assume it was either just a very quick something where people, you know, ministries got involved and then they, you know, they had a good response or, you know, what it was. But boy, it sure seems like as we as we talk about kind of the you know, who are the Brazilians? You know, they're loved around the world, and we're seeing this in the reports we're hearing from the Olympics for their hospitality and their emphasis on family and community. And so in terms of the current state of the Christian church, you know, they are this hospitality, this love for others, you know, serves to their benefit and the kingdom service in many regions around the world where North Americans have often have a difficult time seeing eternal fruit. And so, you know, it just sounds like God is really at work today in the Brazilian church. As I was just telling you, you know, 90% of Brazil has been reached with the gospel, uh, half of that being in an established church. And so, you know, to have only, to have the sixth largest uh, population base and only 10% yet unreached, you know, certainly says that there are a lot of things going on. One interesting thing that actually I've had a little bit of personal experience with, the Brazilian church has awakened to cross-cultural missions, actually, and so, and is growing in their understanding and their ability to send missionaries. And my, my little story about that is when we lived in China in 2001 and 2002, there was, I was in a language school learning Chinese, and I actually had a guy, he never was in any of my classes, but in the same foreign language school, there was actually a Brazilian and uh, he and his wife and they'd hit kids. And so in the same way that we had committed to being overseas to learn, to be in China, to learn Chinese, so had they, which I think, boy, that would be an interesting thing because the language classes kind of based their language classes off of, okay, you know, English. And so we're going to teach you Chinese, you know, for him to go from 
Portuguese to then learn English and then go from English to, you know, to Chinese is really something. That's、um, an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, it really is accomplishment. I mean, he's really he's really dealing with three languages rather than just two, and so. The Brazilian church. We're seeing missionaries from the Brazilian church, you know, all around the world. It's been、uh, fun, and they, you know, they just demonstrate these Christ-like qualities, you know, as they go spread the gospel amongst the nations. And so, I think, and it is at least one of the reasons that there are a lot of missionary agencies that are in Brazil. This idea being that, boy, we we'd love to train these Brazilians. Mm. To go around the world, right? To not only into South America, but all around the world, which is a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, my understanding is that knowing Portuguese is a is actually for languages like French and Spanish, it's an easy transition to learn those languages. So、yes. that may be a really good. That's you know, right. For them to to be able to expand their ability to reach people really quickly. Yeah, particularly as it relates to being a If you're already a native English speaker、right. to learn Portuguese, yeah, it's more like Spanish or French or one of those one of those languages. So, yeah, so good news stories coming out of Brazil, right? There's been a sudden rise in evangelical Protestantism. You know, Brazil, I think, because of the Portuguese influence, has traditionally been kind of a Roman Catholic、mm-hmm. country. And so far, fewer people are are on the Catholicism side, and more are actually, you know,、uh, receiving Christ as Lord and Savior, and, and really, really becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. And interestingly, Ken, Brazil has become the country that sends the second most missionaries abroad across the world, according、mm. to a director of a, a global Christianity study. So that's probably something. I know something I didn't know beforehand. It, it, does that does that surprise you? Yeah, I, I didn't. I had no idea either. I guess thinking about it, it doesn't surprise me so much. After reviewing some of these facts, right? I mean, this is the place is bigger than I thought. It has more people than I thought. Yeah. So you know, I, I guess in that light, it doesn't surprise me. But I but I am happy to see that they send so many missionaries out into the world. But I did not know. Yeah. So, just to kind of put a bow on that thought, Ken, of four hundred global, four hundred thousand global missionaries that were sent to foreign countries in 2010, Brazil sent thirty-four thousand of them, second again behind the United States, which sent a hundred and twenty-seven thousand. So maybe there's a couple things to say about that. The side note to that would be, despite the maybe the decline in Christian influence in the United States. To still have fully over one fourth of the missionaries going anywhere around the world be Americans,、mm-hmm. uh, it's still it's kind of encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt. So, God is still using Americans around the world. So, well, Ken, let's do this because we've got a couple other things to talk about, and of course, we want to give the current needs and opportunities for people who go. Yeah, I've been watching the Olympics, or I. I've already been praying for Brazil, and、uh, what, what, how could I get involved? So we'll get to that here in just a minute. So let's go ahead and take our break real quick, and we'll be right back. Thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll be back after a few words from our dear friend Tom Muller. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion, and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? 
is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike at chinaresourcecenter.org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. So, Ken, we've had a good conversation about Brazil. And again, we're having a real fun time over these last few days watching Olympics. I don't know if you're like me, but my wife reminded me, I mean, the, the Olympic coverage we have here in America, you know, that evening show that they put together goes to 11 p.m. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, oh, I need to get to I need to get on. I got a busy day, you know. You kind of have this hangover from, you know, every night staying up till 11 p.m., but it sure is fun, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm always amazed at the ability of, you know, mm. just human beings to, to excel to the level mm-hmm. that they excel at. I mean, when you, you know, we just got done watching these swimming meets, and when you see people who are literally just crushing world records, I mean, mm-hmm. not just by a small margin, but, you know, by lengths of people. Yeah, right. It's, it's amazing to me. It really like, is amazing. Yeah, you, know, you just sit here and go, well, when, you know, every time we watch the Olympics, we see people's abilities get better. Oh, and right. It's like the next the next generation of athletes that comes up are going to be even better. And oh, you know, right. is, is there a limit? I mean, certainly there's a limit. I right? think but, it would have, there'd have to be eventually. It, it certainly right. seems <laughs> like they keep just destroying the old records and uh-huh. uh, or doing harder and harder tricks, the gymnastics stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched last night one of these guys from Japan doing things that no one's ever done before. Oh, right. You know, and you just go, how long can they go on doing that? That level of... Uh, Ability is just, it blows me away. I love, oh, right. I love watching it for that. Yeah, it really is fun to see. Well, Ken, you know, despite the fact that we have seen God doing all kinds of cool stuff in uh, Brazil, you know, we always want to talk about kind of the big, biggest obstacles to the growth of Christianity because there are a couple of things, even though there are 90% of Brazilians that have heard the gospel, not all of them have received it, right? So obviously one of those obstacles mentioned before about Brazil being traditionally a Roman Catholic nation. And so, I mean, until recently, Catholicism was overwhelmingly dominant. And, you know, rapid change in the 21st century, kind of in our modern lives, you know, has led to the uh, growth in uh, secularism. And so, you know, the, um, so those are a couple of things, right? And we don't want to, we don't want to disparage Catholicism completely because those guys do you know, get some of it right, right? So, sure. uh, but it is a place that has been a Roman Catholic nation. They, uh, there's a growth in secularism. So some things for us to to be praying about. Of course, one of the things we, we didn't mention, Ken, about Brazil is that, you know, we've got the Amazon River going right through there. So there's still a lot of native tribes in Brazil. And so this spiritism has also infused itself into every region and any many hearts and, and minds. And so always things to be kind of aware of in it. Yeah, for sure. And I think, it, you know, the opportunities are wide open. Even the, there's both the obstructions that we look out for, but there's also these, you know, these tremendous 
doorways, right, that are already open. And I think a lot of that is if you look in the, you know, we're seeing in the Olympics, right, the, you always put your best face forward when the Olympics are there, as any country would. But there's a, there's a you know, declining infrastructure there. That's there, right. There's pretty strong levels of poverty in the outskirts. So there's areas to reach for sure, uh, ways to be involved in that that country where they need people's influence and they need people's hands-on kind of, uh, mm. you know, there, there's ways to get there and get and get help and uh, get helping. So it gives you an access to people and to, to give you an opportunity to share the gospel for sure. Yeah, that's right. And I have heard that same thing about the poverty. And of course, that just opens up a whole tons of opportunities, right? I mean, sure. just starting schools, I'm sure hospitals, you know, and kind of our, our longstanding phrase, which is you can't have any impact without contact, right? That's so right. being able to have that contact through some of these opportunities of helping the poor in Brazil, I, I would assume would be, you know, would be fantastic opportunities. So, so can the, just was doing some research about this and the 2010 census indicates that fewer than talking about Catholicism, 65% of Brazilians consider themselves Catholic down from 90%. The decline associated is associated with the following birth rates in uh, to one of Latin America's lowest at uh, 1.83 women per children. So there's, you know, there's the, the, I guess, you know, in terms of obstacles, when we talk about Catholicism, the, their influence is decreasing, which has allowed evangelicals to come in and uh, have some opportunity. So you know, there's uh, certainly certainly some opportunity there, and so, Ken, when we talk about current needs and opportunities, it seems like, you know, there's much more of a rather than a opportunity where there's evangelism is really the the key. It's more coming alongside Brazilians and helping them reach their own, you know, reach their own country, which I think you and I have talked about that before. It's just a good general practice, isn't it, to when you when you go into a country to kind of try to find ways to work yourself out of a job. I mean, help those that are already doing sure. the, doing the work there. Right. I think that's the if you're if you're looking at you know we talk about short term versus long term. I think in either one of those aspects, if you're both short term or long term, the term the goal is to try and get people there to be capable of fulfilling the needs that you came there to help fulfill, right? Yeah, that's right. And so there are groups like there's a ministry called Team, and really that's kind of their key deal that they're doing is being on the ground, you know, helping those Brazilians to reach their own country. New Tribes Mission has a lot of work in Brazil. And so those would be two great organizations for those that, you know, are, are listening and think, why well, I need to find out, you know, God's been leading me in one, one way or another, but because as we found in, as I found in China is the same, I'm, I'm assuming in Brazil, uh, as we're training local Brazilians to do the majority of the work, then it's a Brazilian sharing Christ with a mm -hmm. fellow Brazilian in their native language, same country, a lot more in common, better platform. Of course, we as Westerners come in as kind of outsiders, you know, so yeah, a lot of opportunity there. And so I would just recommend for people to contact those two organizations who seem like they're much more kind of filling in the gaps in terms of rather than coming in and being principal evangelists, coming in and doing that work of training locals. So for those that have a heart for, for training and for, for discipleship, 
Uh, it sounds like some good opportunity, huh, Ken? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, there's all kinds of ways that people can uh, find, you know, use their skills, their talents. Again, like you mentioned, their heart, if they have a Maybe they have an organizational heart. They can help put something together. They can help organize teams to get involved, to right. go there. But you had mentioned these two different organizations that are there now. Um, and clearly, yeah. we, we feel certain that the best starting place is always with somebody who's already doing it there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I knew I saw some Baptist organizations that were also there. So you might want to check with your, you know, your own denomination of your church and see what they have involved, have already there. But yeah. And it sure sounds like Brazil is a place to to visit for sure. And I would hope and pray that there'd be some who are listening today who would even, you know, take the next steps and get involved. Because, you know, can this, by the way, is a there's enough infrastructure in the evangelical church in Brazil that a missions committee director, even from a small church, I mean, this is kind of a good you, can, you probably wouldn't call it a level one mission strip. I mean, level one is probably within the United States somewhere or, right. you know, Native American reservation here or, but it's got to be right there in the next level, like the level, like a level two kind yeah. of a trip, right? Where it's just super friendly country, not too yeah. hard of a launch pad. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're going to be able to fit right into what God's already doing. It's yeah. not like pioneering brand new work kind of a thing, right? Somewhat like what we're with one uh, eight catalyst we're trying to do with North Korea. I mean, you know, so Ken, what last thoughts do you have as it relates to our made for missions profile of Brazil? Well I just think, you know, right now watching the Olympics there, I, I always I'm always wondering what kind of opportunities are there for chaplains, you know, mm. uh, Christian athletes oh, to right. be able to witness to people. I think that that's one of the greatest platforms I think that we have as Christians is when you're in a position like a professional athlete or, you know, a highly recognizable figure. And I wonder, you know, in the different sports, how many strong Christian athletes mm. will be able to reach into those communities, you know, because so many people look up to them. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. If you're an Olympic athlete, certainly that's a uh, platform of its own. Yeah. Right. For sure. So, yeah, that's a good thought. I would, I think I would just say, for those who, again, are listening and you have a, you're developing a heart for Brazil or even anywhere in South America, you know, I actually don't hear a ton personally about things happening in South America. And so I know the needs are, are great all around the world. So yeah, get in touch with groups like New Tribes Mission and Team. We'll have uh, links to their websites on the page of, of this podcast. And so in the show notes, we'll have those uh, for you guys. And by the way, Ken, as a side note, I just did an interview episode with John Hurst, who's with a group just not far from here in Colorado Springs called Global Mapping International, better known as GMI. And he said, oh, I've got all kinds of information about Brazil and current opportunities and needs. And so we'll post those as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. So it's always nice to sort of share resources with those that we're, you know, we're hearing or are involved. So thanks everyone for joining us. We're so glad, so thankful. It's just so, what a blessing for us to have you join us. We're hearing from you guys and know that we have folks listening. And so we're so thankful, hoping that we're just a real blessing to you. Of course, I'm at Twitter at uh, Missions Mike. Ken, you're at Ken Whatmore Correct. on Twitter. Of course, you can go to the website of the ministry that I direct called 1-8 Catalyst, which is just 
those two wor- those two uh, numbers spelled out one eight and then the word catalyst.org to learn more about what we're doing in Asia in particular. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. <laughs>